So I've been in touch with um, a lot of sort of gaming lifestyle nourishment companies. Your gamer, your G Fuel Gamer mm. Grub sure, uh, yeah. is still around, Got and they to. have pretty. And and when they they actually reached out to me, and I was like, hell yeah, we're finally getting that Gamer Grub money here on the yeah. besties. But that there wasn't it. They need some help with this messaging project that they're working on with Pfizer who is pretty close to getting this vaccine locked down. They're worried about sort of the acceptance rate of mm. the vaccine among sure. gamers because we're so freaking savvy, aren't we? We always yeah, got our yeah. head on a swivel trying not to get ripped off by microtransactions or another David Cage game. So <laughs> they're like trying to, they're coming at us with like a sort of gamer vaccine idea and they want it, they uh-huh. want, they're floating like, hey gamers, Here's mm-hmm. a healing potion. Mm-hmm. They're really yeah. wild about the idea of like here's a here's a disease cure disease spe- scroll. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like and a they, phoenix down, basically. Like a phoenix. Well, but it's not. It's more of like a a, a soft or a remedy. Oh, sure. Um, and they're they're looking at it like how can you up your stats with this rad vaccine? And maybe Tony Hawk is there, and he mm-hmm. does a kickflip as he's injecting himself with the with the potion. So yeah. just the, to confirm, yes, Pfizer, yes, is collaborating with Gamer Fuel, Gamer Grub, and then and Gamer Grub, yeah. and then they are contract. They're subcontracting you. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're subcontracting. And you're subcontracting us. us. We're all part of. Sure, if you want to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Then okay, I, I like that because I get a little bit more of the cut. Um, okay, okay, okay. And it's lucrative, boys. We're talking about like one, one and a half billion dollars. Okay. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Now I'm yes. interested. Sure. So, so, so what do we need to do? Just think of the best sort of way that we can make this appealing to gamers, this incredible vaccine sure, sure. that's coming. So, I, um, I think yeah. it's easy, right? You just yeah. make it drinkable for them. You put it in one of those mm. gamer fuels. That stuff tastes so bad. <laughs> Nobody's okay. going to notice if they just slurped up a good old vaccine. <laughs> that's yep. probably a good point, yeah. What would you put on the can, though, to really convince people to I sell? I think Chris is suggesting you put nothing unusual yeah, on it, the can. It's, or, or, like, not <laughs> a vaccine. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best console of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best console of the decade. What? No. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best console of the podcast. My name is Rose Rose and I told you fuckers about this controller and how Whoa. cool it was, and you Whoa. were all uh, rolling wow. your Whoa. eyes. Wow. No one cared. Wowie wowa. You a lot of assumptions here that everybody loves this controller. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, this is the besties where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a game of the year show that goes all year long, a king of the hill, but for video games, a video game book club. It is all things to all people who care about electronic entertainment. Uh, this week, uh, we are talking about the PlayStation 5 console, a new one from Sony. They're back, and they are... Uh, bringing along this new white box and uh we're gonna tell you all about it chris normally i would have you tell people what the playstation 5 is but that's what we're gonna do i think at length so let's just take a break and then we'll get 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 to talking no spoilers by the way (laughs) 
For the PlayStation? Spoiler free. <laughs> it's, so it's got the triangle button still. We won't tell you the specific code used to unlock the hatch on the back, which has a map. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, against all odds, Amazon delivered my PlayStation 5 to my home. I, it didn't look good there for a little while, but then it did come on the, on launch day. I got it one day late, so oh, I, sent, I sent Jeff a real nasty email. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, because Justin mentioned, described this as a box in the intro, and uh, mm. can we, I don't think it's a box. Mm. No, it's it's sort of an ovaloid sort of tesseract it's like situation. A it's, yeah, um, right. it's a monster. Um, I mean, we can make this part of the segment pretty quick. It looks like dog shit, and I yeah. don't like the way that it looks. It looks completely <laughs> wow. outrageous. You know, no, what I think it looks like is when I wear a shirt that is two sizes too small, thinking it will somehow make me look slimmer, mm. that's yes. what happened here. There was a, they, they had a large uh, black box that was a video game console, and I'm like, you know, if we put these like <laughs> Pringle white chips on the sides, that'll make it look smaller. And then they made it, and they're like, "Craig, you're fired." <laughs> I'll, I'll show you guys later. It looks um, without the white wings on it. It literally looks exactly like my modem that came from my uh, <laughs> my ISP. Like it's like this black tower with like a rounded top. It's literally indistinguishable from the PlayStation Five, but only it's got uh, a sort of uh, protective uh, barrier around it. I kind of, I kind of like it. Says the man wearing the gamer I glasses. I do. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an aesthetic <laughs> expert or anything, but I like how novel it looks. It feels new, um, and I feel like in this specific generation where it's it's uh, evolutionary more than revolutionary, I feel like this is one area where they could really make it feel new and dynamic. And I like I like that. I mean, I like, I just, it feels kind of futuristic and cool. It's not practical, but like once I put it into my uh, entertainment system, it, it you know. It doesn't it matter like anymore. It's like a cool new box. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, I tell you one thing, as long as we're talking about boxes. Oh, the heat on this thing is not a joke. It's quiet. It's yeah. really quiet. It doesn't make noise. But like I walked past its cubby and it felt like I had just uh, walked past like the, register for the the a heating vent it was like definitely like blowing some serious you got some like a serious, mini spa uh, going on in there yeah i mean is it is, your cubby 
is it like open in the front and uh, what's the ventilation in the cubby like because now i'm worried about your cubby mm-hmm. it's a big cubby i don't want to i mean i made it of course it's perfect for what okay. it needs to be That's fine. and if it needs to be bigger you know what i'll do griffin what I'll change it with my hands and tools. That's cool. That's so like cool. Can you change being. my PlayStation 5? Is that an option? Yeah, can you? <laughs> no. Once electricity's into it, I'm out. Or yeah. metal or plastic or glass. <laughs> um, it's, uh, Justin it's mentioned hot. evolutionary and not revolutionary. And I feel like, we talked about this, I feel like, with the Xbox a bit. I definitely think that's the case for PlayStation 5. For me, the main, and I'm sure maybe we'll all sort of voice our gut instinct Griffin and I, by the way, I just want to set this table real quick. Do not yeah. have Xboxes. You yeah. no. just have a PlayStation 5. Um, so no point of comparison there. I didn't get any like physical games with it. So I got it in a day late. Uh, again, I sent Jeff a real stink eye for that. Uh, and within, I don't know, a half hour, it was going. I downloaded Demon's Souls first. And miraculously, it was done in like... 14 minutes 15 minutes which compared to the download speeds on playstation 4 is uh pretty fucking good and then i was just like playing demon souls within the hour i didn't do the save transfer stuff from ah, ps4 because i don't necessarily yeah. uh yeah, I, didn't do that. I didn't really care about that part <laughs> it told me it told me, i i had just breezed through setup yeah and then because it's very quick yeah and then it's like um do you want to transfer everything from your PlayStation 4? And I was like, uh, well, it's over there in a the corner. You want me to plug it back in, don't you? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Plug it back in and hook it up to a different TV nearby, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and then it's, it's. I started the, I went ahead and did that. I hooked up to a different input, switched over, and it was like, okay, well, this will just take uh, 14 hours. And then, <laughs> oh, and you can't use the new box. Well, so do you? I'm like, I'll never play those games again. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I've done lying to myself. I'll do and that you at can some point. All of it. Like, it's yeah, all that's the other thing. As someone who made the mistake of doing that, I, I did that connection, and it's like, okay, what do you want to transfer over? I'm like, oh, you know, just a few of my favorite games. It's like, Cool. So that's going to use up half of the entire hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, just, how about just a few? And it's like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, it's going to take a few hours. Can you come back in a little bit? I'm like, great. I do that. I come back, and only one of the games transferred over. Oh, no. That's not so good. So it's like, I waste all the time. I was like, I could have been playing fun things right now. But no, but that's, hey, that is the decision I would endorse if you if you do that. Because honestly, like, I can't think of too many. I can't think of that much save data on my PS4 that I really care about. Well, bringing and also over. if you if you have PlayStation Plus, you can. It's just in the cloud. You just download yeah. it off the cloud. Yeah. So that 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 part doesn't really yeah, matter as much that. to me. But like it, it compared to previous generations and the the sort of transition between those we're going to talk about demon souls is by far the game i spent the most time talking about and i think we're going to dedicate a whole episode to that next week but like i was playing demon souls and being sort of wowed by the big cool stuff with the playstation 5 within like 40 45 minutes of like starting to unbox it which for which for me is like pretty remarkable like i can't remember a level of accessibility from like the jump since like the wii came out uh so so that is such a pain point for so many pieces of new hardware and for the ps5 it is like wicked not so okay i want to talk about specifically astros and and i mentioned it at the top but let's let's talk about the controller because it sounded like there was some dissension in the ranks regarding the controller i've spoken at length about how i feel about both astros playroom and the controller but i'm curious what your guys vibe was 
Uh, Astro's Playroom, I, I don't know that we've painted a particularly clear picture of like what it is because I thought it was like a game game. I did not know it was like a it pack is a game in. game. It's a game game, but it's like a pack in with the PlayStation Five that is essentially like a PlayStation Museum platformer that like is all a tech demo for what the controller can do. Yeah, but I but I want I want to make it clear to people like I think so when the PlayStation Four launched, they had a thing called the Playroom, which was like four right. mini games where you like there's a target <clears throat> shooter and there's a blah blah blah. It wasn't a game. It was just like a collection right. of shitty mini games, basically. This it feels like a very short, but it feels like a Nintendo platformer to me. Well, it feels like Rescue Bot, the the PSVR Which game. Which no one like, played because it, feels... it was a PSVR game. But like, it was yeah. a really good game. But yeah, it was. Fair point. <laughs> I I don't think the game itself is great. Like I would definitely not compare it to Nintendo level quality. But as a tour of like Sony history, it's awesome. It's fucking radical. It's really yeah. nice to see actually Sony um, sort of, you know, Nintendo has fetishized its hit- history for so long yeah. that you forget that PlayStation and Sony have not done as much of that. And to see their sort of lineage at this point treated with that a little bit more reverence like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like to see there are collectibles that are like old Sony controllers and stuff that you get and that are like yeah. perfectly recreated in the game to, to look at. And that was cool to see them sort of honoring that legacy in a way that they have not necessarily always been sure uh, great about. Yeah, I think my brain has also been broken by Nintendo's fetishization of its history that like first party is king. And at first when I was playing Astros, there are a number of games that are referenced that are not Sony owned games. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. A lot of Capcom stuff. And I was like, oh, that just shows like they just don't have as much iconic stuff as Nintendo. And then I like caught myself. I'm like, that is a stupid way of looking at video game history. Like, right. the PlayStation played these games. That My memories are associated with playing them on PlayStation. That Well, and most of them that they show, uh, games like, um, uh, you know, uh, Metal, uh, Metal Gear. Resident and, Evil. Uh, Re- uh, Final Resident Fantasy VII, yeah. for example, um, are games that originally came out were exclusive to PlayStation platforms. Devil May Cry is another example that's in there. I think so I think that's yeah. Resident yeah. Evil. I think that's the determining uh, why they're included, the third-party stuff, is because they were primarily PlayStation games first and then later right. came to other platforms. But but it is also a showcase for the controller, which we should get into because yes. I, I get the sense that yes. Chris is not crazy about that element of it. No, I, I so I like the controller in general, and I think... In the context of Astro's Playroom, it's incredible. I mean, this is the stupidest little detail. There's all these fancy things the controller can do with the triggers and yada, yada, yada. But there's one moment in uh, Astro's Playroom where you spin up a giant flower and it sprouts uh, CD or DVD discs. And you jump on those discs. And there's this lightest, lightest quick tap on the very front of your controller that feels like flicking a disc. Yeah. And I, I just did that for like a minute just because I could not believe how much it felt like in my head what that very specific thing is supposed to feel like. That is incredible. Yeah. If they do that in more games, like actually it's it's not even the haptic triggers. It's all of the weird rumble stuff that the controller the haptics, does. Yeah. That's the stuff that I like. When you run on a hard surface, you get the footsteps that are so light. And I, I, I you know, I was running around for like an hour not noticing it. And an hour in, I realized, like, oh, my God, like, when you run around on steel or glass and you, like, hear the echo of your footsteps on it, like, you feel little pitter-patter in the controller. Yeah. And the fact that you don't yeah. even notice it, it speaks to the kind of, like, promise of haptic feedback of being, like, this thing that accentuates the experience without you realizing it. And I never liked the sound coming out of the controller on PS3. 
I, I, or four. PS4, I thought that was yeah. silly. Here, combined with the controller, it mm-hmm. all works. Finally. See, I, like, t- I, t- I, I, I get shit why off. that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. I actually think, yeah, I think it enhances it. I think it's worth using it when it doesn't bother you or the people sitting around you because yeah. I think it ties in with what, uh, uh, Griffin, what you were just saying about the haptics. So when you can hear the tip taps along with feeling them in your hand, I mean, the example that I think of, there's a level where you're in the rain and uh, Astro sprouts an umbrella hat and the rain is like falling on the umbrella hat and you can feel all the raindrops in your hand, like across your entire hand and hear them in the controller like that illusion is so consistent and like convincing that yeah. you really like it's a fucking platformer. This is not what I would call an immersive game, but you feel placed in this world in ways that I've like never felt in a Mario game, which I absolutely love Mario games, but I've never felt that level of immersion in a Mario game yeah. because you didn't have that direct connection. Okay, but the triggers though. <laughs> yeah, so here's yeah, this is where I separate from Fresh uh, a bit. I mostly found the triggers annoying. And even even in Astros, the like loading the spring thing. Mm-hmm. One, the loading loading a spring and then shooting a character to move around, not fun at all. Um, pretty annoying. And then having it like resist me doing that is like, hey, I get it. I don't want to be here either. Like we, we can both <laughs> agree to, to part ways. Um, and I, I, it's really hard for me to imagine, especially as more games go online and are more competitive, people keeping that turned on that said do i think it would be cool to have that in last of us for things that aren't shooting yes but anything where i need like immediate responsiveness i i am skeptical i will say um to this exact point uh i on spider-man when you swing you there's differing tension depending on where you're at in your swing right so if there's more tension on the line because of your arc, it's harder to pull the trigger to, to sort of replicate, I guess the difficulty of like holding on to uh, the web. The first few times that happened, it was like real. it was neat. I mean, it's really neat. Um, But I'm somebody who as a uh, ancient 40 year old man, I'm starting to have some like joint pain, like repeated stress pain. And some of this from woodworking and stuff, but like uh, I got pretty bad carpal tunnel syndrome and some, a little piquant of arthritis is <laughs> kicking in there. And I found it like painful. Like after I did it for a while, like pain in these, in these joints. Yeah. And it's something where like, it does like a lot of things like this, it blends away after you've done it a little bit. And I don't think, like, I think the novelty of it wears off. Like, for games games where it, like, was used a little more sparingly, I think it would be interesting. But where it's, like, automatic, constant, I think that it, it's going to wear a little a quick A quick anecdote about using it sparingly, though. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls doesn't really use it. Demon's Souls doesn't really use the, the feedback triggers, except for when you're shooting a bow. Which sucks because, like, if you're in a very, very tense situation, which in Demon Souls or any Souls game is like constantly, and you're like, I need to shoot off a bunch of arrows into this big monster before it reaches me, and then you start pulling it back, and there's like a halfway point where once you pull it past that halfway point, then you've like cocked your bow ready to fire it, and you forget, like, oh, that's right, oh shit, oh shit, it gets, it makes it really hard to get into the rhythm of just like launching off arrows in the way that you want, and it's so, it's bizarre to me 
to have that experience of just like forgetting that that's a thing that this controller does if that's the only thing the game uses it so, for. So I agree with everything that was just said. I think the uh, the important thing about the controller is uh, sparing you specifically with the triggers is sparingly. Like if you're doing if you're using it for something that you're doing constantly, I think it is generally annoying. Spider-Man is like the best example. I agree with you, Justin. Like that was not fun. Um, I, I don't play with an arrow class that much, so uh, Griffin, the the Dark Soul, Demon Souls thing didn't really affect me. But I think there are a lot of points in Astro where it's just used a little bit occasionally, um, and in those scenarios, I think it's cool and fun. Like I liked using it with the bow and arrow that you find in Astro's playroom. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like it could get a little old. I think the haptics, though, um, are probably the most game-changing aspect of that. And I've been playing a lot of games on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, the same games. And the games that use those haptics in smart ways like really do elevate the game on PlayStation 5 in ways that I would actually consider deciding which platform to play on based mm. on whether they're supporting them or not. Can we talk about mm. some system level stuff? Sure. Because yeah. I, I have spent a lot of time playing PS5, again, mostly just you know playing through Demon's Souls because I like that series a lot. And I'm still kind of like finding things that are built into like the main UI that like I just didn't, I did not like sit the thing down and explore all of its many, many doodads and features. But like I was playing some Astros and I was like, all right, I'm gonna play some Demon Souls. And that was the first time I used the game switcher. Mm. And it's just a little thing. You press the PlayStation button once and you get this little basically crossbar thing that has like, you know, your friends list and settings and power options and all that shit. But there was also a game switcher and you click that and it shows you like recent games and favorited games and you just click that and. Y'all, it's, it's not a joke. This thing loads fast as hell. Oh my God, it loads so, so, so fast. Like it switches between Astro and Demon Souls in a few seconds and you're just like on the main menu of Demon Souls. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. When I talk about evolution versus revolution, like that is the, the just experience of using it is really, I mean, it, it that feels next gen to me. And I mean, it's like, it's quality of life stuff like, I'll tell you the one that got me uh, that I really noticed was loading up the store, which used mm-hmm. to be like, and it's not a long wait, right? Like it's all, uh, it's not like exponentially different. But when you, when I went to load in the store, I just kind of assumed that it was when it would take a while on the on PC, PS4, it was just like, well, it's the network. It's like talking the network and then it's loading it from the network. And that's why it takes it just go like you're just there like you hit the store and then the store's open and you can look through the store and it feels like you're just navigating the same system well it's not the like taking forever to process um and at least from my experience the the connectivity like the download speeds are yeah it does seem a lot faster i don't know why that is i don't it's not like it needs a process well that's the thing with a store why would it be that way like yeah i don't know but it's just it was <clears> you using know, everything wi-fi feels or are you using a direct connection. i'm over wi-fi i'm direct connection but i was also that on ps4 so that's not, yeah that is not different either yeah uh that is the stuff to me that feels like holy shit like that really uh it it, it felt like a very big change it's it's hard to like put a, a specific face on it even though i tried earlier of just like everything is everything makes sense i feel like it is so usable it feels like an extension of everything is where you think it should be like the store 
was not this like really, really painful thing to explore to find Demon Souls and Spider-Man and the games that I wanted to download and then getting them downloaded super, super quick. I don't know. I just I found it all so, so easy to use. I <clears throat> I want I want to get more into that. But how about we do yeah. that after a break? Okay. okay. Sure. Yes. Fine. Yes. If you're tired. I don't get tired. I love games. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties so uh griffin was talking about the idea of everything being where it just should be and then it's really easy to use the uh, the playstation 5 i agree with that from a ui perspective um i think like the way they broke it up when you turn on the system is there's games and media and you're in the games mode and you can find everything there and then you switch over to media and then all your apps are there I was thinking about the comparison between PS5 and Xbox because I really enjoy 
the Xbox's navigation system. And I think the comparison is PS5 is to Apple what Xbox is to Windows. So by that, like PS5, it just works. If you are not going to modify anything, if you're not going to customize anything, you're going to know where your games are. You're going to know where your media apps are. But that's about it. With Xbox, with all the pin systems and being able to create your own collections and like effectively completely redesign the UI around however you like to use it, it is way better. But with one huge caveat, most people I don't even think know that you can customize it. <laughs> so like, I didn't until this exact moment. Yeah, what good are those features if you don't know they exist? Um, I I I like where I'm at with with my Xbox now, but I it took me years before I realized like, oh hey, I can make this usable. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just drowning in squares, essentially, on Xbox. I, exactly. Speaking of squares, I did want to talk about one aspect of the PlayStation UI. I am not a huge fan of the PlayStation 5 UI, I'll be honest. Like, I think I think it was next to perfect on PlayStation 4 for the most part. It wasn't 100%, but 95% of the way there. And I think they made a lot of changes, Apple-esque changes, I agree with you, Plant, that simplified the visuals. It makes it like a much cleaner-looking experience but make it more complicated. An example being uh, the PlayStation 4 at some point in its life cycle added this sidebar where you could do all the sorts of like microphone adjustments and add people to parties and all sorts of stuff. Now they have that on PlayStation 5. It's the crossbar that Griffin mentioned earlier. It appears on the bottom. But in this case, um, just like as a simple, it's just icons. So you kind of have to remember what the icons even mean. Some of the icons only show up if they're in active use. So for example, if you wanted to see your downloads list, there needs to be something downloading for you to actually see your downloads list, which is kind of a weird thing. Cause it like, if you're not sure if something's downloading or not, and you're not seeing the icon, you're still kind of left in the dark. They, so settings also is yeah on settings that bar, is kind of which buried. I desperately wanted to be on that bar. Yeah, it feels really I, weird that it's not on that bar. I think they will make a lot of changes to on those aspects, on the clarity aspects over time. The one thing that I don't think they're going to change, I think it's going to be with us for a while. That I really don't care for. When you pull up the crossbar, uh, you just hit the PlayStation button once, and the bo- little crossbar is on the bottom, but most of the screen is taking up by these giant squares that are like activity square. I don't even remember yes, what they're called. activities. Activity boxes, whatever. And these are like, here's a trophy you earned. Here's a trophy you could earn. Here's a screenshot you took recently. None of this stuff is stuff that I want to see, let alone take up the vast majority of my screen. I really don't care. Yes. I. But at the same time, though, I think there absolutely will be cases where the activities are a defining radical thing for not the system level stuff but for certain games like if yeah. you set a um the 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 astrobot game has like a bunch of sort of like speed runny challenges sure. or little high score challenges and if somebody on your friends list like surpasses your time or whatever and it shows up in that activity bar like you can go directly <laughs> back to that shit I, i'm not saying that that matters for fucking astrobot but i am saying for like i'm thinking i was thinking specifically about uh like geometry wars when we were like i remember being like super competitive with my friends about geometry wars specifically two and three so like yeah. having a game where i actually give a shit about that kind of stuff and having it like appear in my activity bar or showing me like hey some people are raiding in destiny Do you, like that's 
the promise of that is really, really cool. I anno- I, I agree it's annoying when it, uh, it sort of obstructs the, for example, big, big demon that's fucking running. <laughs> I mean, like Demon Souls, but I think it's a neat idea and concept. Yeah, that literally happened to Mike McWhorter, where he was like, finishing up his demon souls review on one of the final bosses and then like right in the, like at, at the most crucial point ping somebody just beat your time in astro's uh playroom it's like yeah n- no yeah no <laughs> thank you <laughs> please please stop. yeah and i think i think the m- most likely scenario is that you played a challenge once and then completely forgot about it and do not give a fuck that people are beating your challenge scores yeah. so griffin's scenario i think is a rare scenario and generally speaking you should probably just turn off the notifications which i did yeah. i like dug into the menus and found it um and just turned almost all of them off i actually turned like trophy notifications friend like all that stuff off just so i could like be in it and uh it's nice that you can do all that stuff it's just really buried in the settings Uh, another little thing that i like that uh is good for people who are not going to take the time to customize it ps4 had those uh adaptive skins or whatever they were called custom themes that you could download to make your thing look cool for ps5 instead when you scroll over a game it takes over the entire screen and it starts playing music from the game kind of similar to like a netflix autoplay yeah i dig it i I like that like it feels like i'm like shifting between moods as i switch between games i am curious will i get tired of this in two weeks i turned it off (laughs) i I turned it off on netflix we'll see (laughs) i turned it off on playstation 5 already it it was fine but yeah we have not talked about sort of and I, i imagine we haven't talked about it because it'll be a incredibly short discussion but um the games look real good. Yeah. They look real, real good. And maybe that's not such a like astute observation because they look real, real good on the Xbox as well. Um, not that this is meant to be like a we're helping you decide between these two boxes, but I am I am I have a really, really great PC. So like I I, I the I did not think the generational leap would matter as much to me from a like graphical perspective, but then I'll be playing Demon Souls and or, or even uh, Astrobot is not the most sort of um, I don't know. It's not the most obvious game to be like a graphical sort of like yeah. sales pitch, but the amount of stuff happening on the screen uh, is like kind of incredible. I found myself like really really impressed with how fucking Astrobot looked. I think I think we this I'm I'm dumb about I had to write an article about teraflops and it took me like eight hours to figure out what a teraflop <laughs> is. I'm not a smart man, right? So this is but take this for what it's worth. But for me as a uh, a lapsed game, game critic, um, I I think it's probably useful. It occurred to me while I was playing Spider Man. It's probably useful for us to stop thinking in terms of better graphics. And start thinking in terms of more graphics. And I know that sounds insane, but when I was playing Spider-Man, it like looked really good. The PS4 though looked really good, but there was like a plan for almost everything I would do. Everything I could do is like tied together. You know what I mean? Or like in a uh, there was a, a conflict late in the game where I was fighting like literally a hundred different people on eight ten different rooftops yeah. that was all happening simultaneously that i was like flowing between this gigantic battlefield basically um and it's again it looked great but not in a way where you're like 
I mean, we all have those memories as kids, I think, as the first time you played the next generation of, of consoles where you're like, holy shit, this is my my life has has uh, changed. Uh, this is not that, but it does. You can feel it in that. It, you're, you don't feel it in still images, I think, yeah. or even like in videos, but in the playing of it, I think you feel how much more expansive uh, the, the, the games can be. And most of the things we're talking about, save for... Astro and Demon Souls and Astro is kind of a weird subcase. Um, we're not we're designed to work on both. Yeah. So like we're not even really seeing, I think, the full the full power of, of the box. I, I definitely think that's true. I actually think having spent a lot more time with both consoles now, this generation is maybe a bigger shift than we're giving it credit for. Cause I, I go back and I think about, you know, like how Perfect Dark Zero looked, right? Or I think about how Assassin's Creed Black Flag looked compared to, you know, it was launched on both systems. And Valhalla looks fantastic on on Series X and PS5. Like, I, I think there is definitely more of a, a leap in terms of quality for Valhalla than there was for Black Flag. I, see I fresh actually don't, don't agree with that. I think Valhalla looks very good. But it also looks like a game that absolutely could have run and does on PS4 and Xbox One at 30 frames a second. I think the only real difference here, and it's a big difference, don't get me wrong, is that it runs at 60 frames a second on that's next That's the gen. bigger thing by but far. I, and that's a big deal. Like I, I really do care about like running games at 60 frames a second. It makes a big difference. But I think visually speaking, just a screenshot does not look like a, quote, next-gen game. The only game that I have played that is like visually... This is a next-gen experience is Demon Souls. Right. Nothing else has come close to the lighting, the environments, the like quote next-genness that Demon Souls does. But I, I think that the reason that maybe it doesn't feel like the biggest leap is because it is cushioned by the fact that most of us have pretty good game. I know Justin does like yeah. pretty good gaming PCs. Where I remember the first time I played Destiny Two, which is mm-hmm. maybe the game I've I've not played more of a video game in my life than Destiny Two, and I played almost all of it on PlayStation Four, where it runs at thirty frames per second. Uh, at you know whatever visual quality the PS4 can pump out, and then I played it on my PC at 60 frames per second, and it is an it is an indescribable yeah. like leap, like the, mm-hmm. it is a completely different game. Same for uh, Sekiro. I fucking adore Sekiro that I played. I pretty sure at 30 frames per second on PS4 and then I bought it again on PC because I wanted to play it at 60 frames per second, and it is com- that is the next gen leap. Like for me, that that that. Um, I know there's people who don't give a shit about that, but for me, like that is the thing where it's like, this is a whole new thing. People who don't have that PC who play a Destiny 2 on PS4 and then play it 60 frames per second 4K on on PS5, like that is a fucking gigantic leap. That is like yeah. Nintendo 64 yeah. to GameCube quality leap. It's if, if you have an, an original Xbox One or PS4, yeah, the game looks, Valhalla looks nothing. It is not a matter of frame rate. It looks yeah. nothing like that game. I mean, maybe if you have a Series X or a Pro, you're getting close yeah. and you're getting checkerboard resolutions. But how that game looks on, I, I don't know. Did, did you all see the comparison of Cyberpunk on Series X versus Xbox One X? No. I, I didn't watch it, no. It's, uh, it, it, it is on YouTube. I'll make sure that I link it when we uh, tweet out the show. It's a real interesting thing, especially when you consider they still haven't shown that game on original hardware. I think it's going to look like a Switch port. Like, I don't know <laughs> how, how they're going to make that thing run. Um, 
Anyway, uh, do we want to do we want to get into questions? We're going to be talking about both these consoles a lot more over the next few weeks as we actually talk about the games. Yeah. Um, cool. Sure. Uh, oh wait. Yep. Can I complain oh, about something? Sure. Yeah. Please. My always. front. This is uh, not an opinion. Fact. Fact. My uh my front charging port, and apparently this is not an uncommon thing. The front USB port on my PS5 does not charge my controller. Huh. Um, there was two or three times I left it plugged in and came back overnight or whatever, uh, or a few hours later, not in rest mode or anything like that, just just came back and it was not charging. Is it supposed <clears throat> to be charging from there? Yeah. I, Sorry? I, I was curious if it's supposed to be charging from there. The reason I ask is because the ports in the back of the console are different usb ports i mean they're the same shape i did i moved and apparently that remedies the problem so i'm hoping it will i just tried that this morning so i switched to back over and i've i've always used the front port on all of the previous yeah. ones um that's weird i mean whether be. or not it's working as intended it sucks yeah, no, <laughs> so it's like either it's a bug or a feature yeah. it blows regardless so that's yeah. it xbox wins that's it folks we were waiting well, well, xbox on. doesn't actually have a, a port on the front of it to plug in usb so Damn, I'm Wait, back. PS5 wins. It, yeah, it does. Doesn't it? No, there's no I'm, port on the front of the Xbox. It's just no, a now Russ black wins. square. You're oh gonna pull up gosh. a picture of an Xbox. I'm just so curious. Okay, let's uh let's get into questions. This one is from Sarah. For those who don't have as much money, do you think any game bundles could make getting a PS5 worth it if you have the PS4? No. No, definitely not. Of current, it's a game, good question for what it's worth. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's valuable, question. but I think that like if you are seriously considering like saving money at this point, um, there is zero reason to buy either of these consoles. The games Correct. are very good, as we've discussed, but also there are not that many of them, and right, they're yeah, not that much better. You the, well, just wait, just wait. This is what I would say for all console launches: is if you can wait a year and a half to two years, mm-hmm. do it. Because what will happen is over that course of time, they'll release one or two pretty great games, and then there will come a holiday bundle where they'll give you like three games plus $100 off the console, and you yeah. really get your money's worth. If you, if you yeah. can't wait, go for it. Like, you know, spend your money how you want. But uh, especially with this generation where most games are still going to run on your old console, I would wait. Yeah. Can we gut, can we gut check? We didn't talk about this. Did everybody get the disk driveless version or the disk drive full <laughs> version? Uh, mine has a disk drive. Disc. Uh, yeah, mine did too. I but at the same time, like I don't, I don't for sale ever use it. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. You know what? I might use it for um, like Blu-rays. Watching the occasional Blu-rays. Oh yeah, yeah I guess yeah. that's fair. But that's, I mean, that's what a hundred bucks cheaper for the version mm-hmm. without the the disk drive. So that's a good yeah, option. You can get a decent Blu-ray player for hundred bucks. Yeah, just yeah. something you can to get keep a really good one for hundred bucks. Probably. I, I have this, heard, and and I haven't experienced this personally because I haven't put a lot of discs in there but i have heard that like the one thing that gets very very loud is that disk drive uh huh. when you're installing oh, really? stuff or it's pulling data off of a disk it will get like jet engine loud um not when you're playing necessarily but yeah that's something yeah, i don't know mind. uh this is a question hmm. from mike i play on a pc with uh nvidia 1080 uh card and i haven't hmm. bought a new sony microsoft console since 2006 is now the time to j- jump back in. I Take it have, away, Russ. This is awesome because, as I've discussed on the show, that is the video card I have, so I'm the exact use case for this. My recommendation, if you can get one, this is a great option to uh, get a next-gen gaming console and basically buy yourself a few years. I think I talked about this last year, uh, last week, too. 
but uh, the 1080 right now is really having a tough time dealing with games that are like open world 3D games like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed. Um, and if you want to play those games, buying a console for $500 is going to basically buy you two years, three years, maybe even four years of playing those sorts of games pretty well. And then at that point, you could probably upgrade your PC. If I was this, if I was Mike, I would buy a PS5. Um, and then I would use my PC for like whatever your Microsoft needs are. Um, or like, and you can play like indie stuff on your PC as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think I think if if you were able to actually have a choice, which is like n- not really a, a starter, I would go PS5 on that. Um, this question is from Pete. What future title on the PS5 are you looking forward to based on how you envision them using the tech and the controller? Uh, this is a great question, actually. This is a game that I w- did not really care about until I actually went hands-on and played games like Astro and Demon's Souls, etc. I am now super, super excited for Ratchet and Clank in yeah, ways that I was too. not yeah. previously. Um, yeah, I hope I hope they do as much justice to the controller as Astro's Playroom does. And if they do, I think it's going to be an amazing experience. I like the uh, Ratchet and Clank games. I've played a bunch of them, but they did kind of lose steam for me after a while. I think with the interesting controller stuff and the crazy load times and stuff like that, I think this game is going to be really special. So I'm very pumped. I stand Tango Gameworks, and I cannot <laughs> wait for Ghostwire Tokyo. I think that game, I don't know if that game is going to be good, and I don't know if that game's going to be bad, but I do know it's going to be fucking buck wild, and I cannot, I absolutely can't wait to play that game. Uh, Justin, how about you? Um, Probably... Well, I think God of War 2 is going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. um, although, I think before that, earlier than that, I think hopefully the the next Horizon game, I think we'll use this in a lot of, I can think of a lot of cool ways. And of course, whenever um, whenever Kojima decides to roll up on, yeah. I could, I, oh I, I, want, I wish I could have been with him the first time he learned about haptic triggers. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I imagine him just like mighty. dragging his entire desktop into the trash <laughs> and like, start again. <laughs> Start again. I can make the triggers hurt. They're gonna Come on. fucking re-release Death Stranding with with oh amazing trigger. Oh yeah. yeah, and you they have to re-release you, that game on PS5 for uh, like some update. Also, you know for a one hundred percent fact that Quantic Dream is yeah. like, yes, please. I cannot wait. I can make the triggers hurt. <laughs> Let me do it, Daddy. Please. My, my my real answer. Let me make the triggers hurt, Dad. <laughs> my answer is Resident Evil Seven. Just because I seven think, or eight, so, uh, yeah, I love eight. seven man. Which one? Great. What's the village? The new one's eight. Okay, yeah. wow, that's the one that I I'm I'm super curious what they do with it. I feel like there will be um, it's the closest we'll get to a Kojima type of goofiness. I expect with the controller anytime soon. My fake answer is Gravity Rush three, which I do not think Doesn't will ever get made. Yet. Yeah, um, but I think could do all sorts of great things with it. But hey. Who knows? Gravity Rush 2 didn't think that would happen. And uh, Gravity Rush makes a cameo in Astro's Playroom. Mm-hmm. So it's not fully dead. Which is... <laughs> I didn't know we were allowed to pick fake games. Can I do Blasto 2? <laughs> <laughs> is Deathloop, what... Deathloop is coming out on... Oh, no, it's a timed exclusive on PS5, too. Yeah. That game looks rad as hell as well. That does look very cool. What do we have next week, Justin? Siphon Filter. Yeah, I was surprised too, but apparently we can pick fake games. Uh, has anybody, well, before we end it, anybody been playing anything else or has everybody just been all PS5 all the time? Yeah. I, wanna, I got I got, I got some. I want to talk a little Ooh. bit about uh, Call of Duty, actually. Let's, Plant, let's Plant do played it. it too. 
Um, so mm. I have not finished the campaign in Call of Duty. Uh, if you've been paying attention, this is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, certainly I am very concerned about how this is all going to play out politically speaking. Uh, you think? I, I don't know. I, I, I like hold out hope for there to be some crazy twist where Reagan rips off his head and he's a robot. That'd be great. But as a game, I think it does a few things like really interesting. For for one thing, as a Call of Duty game, it does like weird side missions, which haven't been very common in Call of Duty games, where you have to like use stealth and collect like clues to solve like weird pass key codes and stuff like that. There's like an interesting meta game that hasn't really happened in a Call of Duty game. But the thing I wanted to talk about are surprise, surprise, the PlayStation 5 features with the controller. This is the only third-party game that I've played that uses the controller in, like, really, really wild ways. Um, It does the trigger stuff. The trigger stuff, for one thing, is very weird because it, based on how heavy the gun is that you're picking up, it's harder to to aim the gun. So if you're holding, like, a heavy machine gun, I could, like, barely squeeze the trigger all the way down. It was so fucking heavy. Um, Sounds fun. <laughs> but it also but it also does um, environmental haptics as well. So, for example, when I'm in a helicopter, I can fear the, feel the chopper blades of the helicopter in my controller, um, which feels really cool and helps for immersion and all that stuff. Um, so I think I was just really impressed that they took the time to um, add all those features that are very much specific to PlayStation 5 and make it like a unique experience. Um, I've been playing Destiny 2 Beyond Light. I mentioned it last week, and now I've had a, a bit more time to like finish the campaign part that was in the expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you haven't been following the game or you haven't played it in a while, they have shifted out of the way that they used to do expansions for the game. Like Forsaken was the really, really big one that added a bunch of story stuff and subclasses and like three new big zones and all kinds of stuff. They don't do that anymore. Now they have a seasonal system where Beyond Light drops and you get like, you know, 20% of what is actually going to be in the expansion. And every week they meet out like a little bit more of what is new about the game. And that's cool. Like this week, I haven't played it uh, since the new stuff dropped yesterday, but like they added a whole new character and a new bounty system and a new quest line. And so it makes sense from the perspective of like, there's always stuff for you to come back to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the launch itself is kind of uh, a calamity a bit because while there is really big cool stuff they've added like uh, a new element there's this stasis element that has new subclasses for all the different types of uh, guardians that you can play and it feels cool it's like ice powers you can freeze people and do all kinds of cool shit like that uh, the big story of what they did with this expansion is sunsetting where they took a lot of guns like a lot a lot a lot a lot of weapons and basically made it so you can no longer upgrade them Mm -hmm. to like keep up with what is the current power cap so it basically renders i I don't know the exact number of guns but a huge portion of guns popular guns staple guns completely obsolete yeah and another cool new feature from (laughs) destiny 2 right and that it's delivering the fun is kind of a only bungee can it's a recognition of just like we don't we there is no way for us to incentivize you to keep like play, playing with new shit so we're yeah. just going to like make the old shit not necessarily usable in you know it's also wild to think of how much they have to keep balanced i mean it's, as, yeah, as systems continue to evolve yeah. like i'm willing to forgive a lot of that because it is I, I genuinely believe the hardest video game to make currently in the world um 
but that that in and of itself kind of sucks, right? Like I spent so much time grinding for the mountaintop, which is this great grenade launcher that you had to play a billion matches of PvP for. I did that, <laughs> and now it's like I, I think that's one of the game, guns that got sunset. They also made it so like a lot of those guns that you did have to grind for, you can now go to this one terminal in the like main tower and spend a little bit of like of in-game currency and just like get it for free. So it's like, what the fuck am I playing this game for if that's what you're gonna do? But the bigger problem is that they added virtually nothing loot lies to the game so they sunset all this loot like go play with new stuff but there's no real new stuff like the world drop pool is i've got nothing like no guns have dropped for me in the game that like are meaningful at all all of the vendors in the game that you can like buy stuff from they didn't refresh those at all oh that's so they removed right they removed like all this shit and they didn't replace it with anything. So yeah, it's like the, the story is cool. The new, uh, uh, they did some UI changes that's cool. The stasis stuff is cool. But then they fucking removed, you know, uh, a lot of guns that I used constantly. And I'm like, okay, I'll play with the new stuff. What's the new stuff? And they're like, here's like four new things that aren't yeah. very good. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And maybe that will be fixed by the, yeah, again, the rollout of- Right, the new raid isn't out yet. There'll be a new batch of raid weapons, I'm assuming. There'll be new exotics that they add here and there. But holy shit, talk about like a terrible first impression. Like I I, I play, I love Destiny 2. I played this new expansion for like two or three days and have not come back to it since because I finished the thing and I was like, well, what do I do? Like yeah. there's, I guess I could grind out yeah. some Nightfalls or whatever, but, but like for what? Because nothing's going to drop that I give a shit about. It is, it is, it is so it is such a bad decision. It just feels like I, I, I don't know why they made it the way that they, they did. But yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe by the time the next season drops, there'll be like enough chunky stuff. That's what I'm counting on. But right now, I do not think it is worth coming back to. Justin, how about you? Uh, very briefly, I will mention that Grifflands has added a third character uh, that I dipped back in for. Smith is a, uh, a brawler kind of with a fist fist based combat the combat in smith is unique combat mechanic is really cool because he can drink uh to give himself special abilities he drinks beer to give himself special abilities and uh well space beer you know sure but he drinks to give himself special abilities and then uh after you drink an empty bottle card is uh put into your deck so the more of those you have, the more stuff you can do with them. Like there's guns that shoot empty bottles. There's like, you can throw empty bottles. It becomes like part of your inventory, I guess, after you drink stuff. How are those low um, times? And he's got, oh, it, well, it's on PC, bud. So they are just speedy as all get out. <laughs> um, it's SSD power. Got the cards loaded up. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I fresh mentioned that I played the new Call of Duty. I'll make this very quick. Uh, it is uh, problematic to say the least. Um, so I'm I'm hesitant to say the the very good thing about the game because it Corporal might convince Snowflake. too many people to play it. Um, hey, if Activision is ever going to, I, I think, do they still have the James Bond license? Let's pretend they do. If they do, and they want to make a spiritual sequel to Goldeneye, uh, this amalgamation of developers is the one to do it. Um, because yeah. there are some levels in this game that are just modern Goldeneye. Like, yeah. flag- like, they just went and said, like, hey, what if we just did that? And then I can like, sure, I don't know. We we have to ship something. Um, it is hilarious and very fun when it finally gets into that zone. Uh, all the, the sneaky spy stuff that Fresh talks about, is it impressive? Yes. Is it why I play Call of Duty? No. 
Do I want to just <laughs> walk around the hallway, shoot people with my PP7, silence PP7, and my uh, my fancy Magnum? Yeah, I do. You um, could do that in those stealth missions. That you don't insta fail if you get spotted. Well, uh, uh, that's true. That's true. It is true. You you do get a. I, I do like in the game the way you mark people is you pull out your your cute little camera and you yeah, take photos like a of them. Seventies camera. <laughs> it's very it's very real cute. quick. Real quick, just out of curiosity, I want I'm gonna go around. Don't think about it. What year was the last uh, James Bond video game released? Go. Two thousand and four. Russ? I'm going to say, oh, it was probably the GoldenEye remake. I want to say that was 2008. 2012. Plant, Plant gets it on the nose. Yeah. 007 Legends. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> PlayStation 3 and Don't Xbox 360. Every, well, it was a bunch of different James Bonds oh, all yeah. EA, right? doing different EA. things. I don't remember that at you could play all. It was a Call Connery. of Duty style uh, bad game. Okay. Uh, no major outlet gave it above a five. <laughs> Should I lay that on Sean Connery's grave? Out of ten. Yeah, probably. I'm sure he. Yeah. All right. This Jeez. is your tombstone now, dog. <laughs> um, that's rough. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, be sure to tell a friend about it, Bestie Stop fan. The year is heating up, and we're the game of the year debates are just over the horizon. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you all are too. Uh, mail at besties.fan is our email address. At the besties podcast is uh, where you can follow us on Twitter. There's also a link there to sign up for our mailing list. We have a shirt at McElroyMerch.com. Uh, anything I'm forgetting? Uh, next week so. is Demon Souls. Yes. And next week is Demon Souls. Catch it. If you don't have a PS5, uh, just go- play it on PS3 because it's it's same, pretty it's similar in a lot of ways. Basically the same game, but not as pretty. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? It's a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!